Welcome to the Lost in Translations pod. I am joined once again by Mary, and today we are discussing The Homecoming by Anna Enquist, and this is translated from the Dutch by Eileen J. Stevens. Welcome back. Hi. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> we are talking about The Homecoming by Anna Enquist. Anna Enquist. Translated by Eileen J. Stevens. Yes. It's a Dutch book. Yes. It's about James Cook. or James, James Cook's wife. Elizabeth Cook. Elizabeth Cook. Hmm. Who was married to James Cook. Yes. Now, <laughs> is James Cook known in most of the world? Is that he- I don't know. It seems weird that a Dutch author wrote about it, but we'll talk about that later. Yes. So, just in case, I don't know. James Cook is very well known in this part of the world. That's because he's claimed to have discovered... He didn't discover Australia. Yeah, I said claimed to discover. Well, the Dutch were here earlier. Yeah, I know, but he... And also 60,000 years of Aboriginal history. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He didn't colonise it. He just drove past. He drove past and told them to colonise. Did he tell them to colonise? I don't know. It? I don't. I think you're giving like there's this whole thing about James Cook, and then they keep reenacting the Cook landing on Australia Day, even though the two events aren't connected. Yeah, like, James Cook was long dead before they came to Australia. Yeah, yeah. before the English came. Um, so, but James Cook was an explorer who yeah. explored the east coast of Australia. Yeah, he drafted most of the map of yeah. Australia and other countries. Um, so he like so we live on the east coast of Australia. Yes. So like he named a lot of the things around this place, including the island across from us. Yeah, magnetic, so magnetic island. island. Does his compass stopped working there? Yes. So all up and down the coast are things named for him. Like Cooktown. Yeah, like Cooktown. <laughs> and Cape Tribulation, because yeah. I think he had a boat wreck there. And yeah. Yeah, heaps of things. The um, I think the town of 1770, I don't know. Was that him? I'm not sure. Yeah, but he's a rich part of <clears throat> the yeah. white history of this area. Yes, that's right. There used to be a big, giant Captain Cook statue up in Cairns. Yeah. And it's recently been torn down. Torn? I don't know if it was torn, but it's been yeah deconstructed. It, yeah. Yes. It looked like he was doing the Nazi salute. Yes, it <laughs> was. It was interesting that it lasted as long as it did. I think it was part... It was owned by, like, a hotel or something. Yeah, I and don't it was remember. was their gimmick. I remember it from childhood. But anyway, it's gone now. Yeah. So it's good. It seemed like a weird pose to put on a statue. Yeah, I don't know what they were going for. No. So we buddy read this book using Storygraph, trying out the new buddy read feature. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that feature? I thought it was good. Because, like, I started reading before you. Yeah. So I was ahead a little bit, but then you finished it before me, as you do. So, but we could add our notes and then I could like, we could see what the other person had written and what jumped out to each other. And yeah, 
Yeah, I, I thought it was pretty cool. I like the feature where it doesn't show you any of the notes until yes, you until get, you get to, to that, that part. part. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, so I really liked getting to that part and then, like, revealing what you had said about something. <laughs> yeah. And it's a good way to write out notes for the podcast episode. Yeah, I don't know if we wrote anything that interesting. Oh, I'm sure it's all interesting. <laughs> What's the first thing say? It was about the messy table. <laughs> so it starts, the story starts with Elizabeth going, oh, James will be home soon. I better, I better clean, clean the up. table. Yeah. And we uh, often have a messy table yeah. that we have to clean up if someone's coming over. Yeah. Yeah. So, I related a lot to that. <laughs> but, I mean, the difference is, like, her husband's away for three years. And? And you're not. Thank goodness. Oh, okay. I was wondering if that was a hint. <laughs> no. But I can imagine three years worth of... Mess. Yeah. <laughs> and then being like, oh, yeah, I better do that now that I like home. that she... Didn't care about the house. Yeah. For all that time. And then when it got close, it's like, oh, I better tidy up. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I felt like that's how I do things too. Yeah, that's right. You need some like external motivation. <laughs> no, just don't invite anyone over. Yeah. And then I can live in my pigsty. Yeah. If I was gone for three years, would you? clean up her house before I came home? No. <laughs> Maybe a little. <laughs> okay. Three years is a long time to be apart from your spouse. Yeah. They had an interesting relationship, didn't they? Because did. when they first got married, obviously this is a novelization. Yeah. So it's not all accurate. <laughs> but, like, they first got married, he would go away for a year, he'd come back for a year, go away for a year, come back for a year. And it seemed like something that suited her. Yeah. Like, she didn't mind being away from him that long. And she, and then it gave her, like... Some, Freedom and... Yeah. But also then she had, like, built up a desire for his return. Yeah. Yeah. And then usually he would leave. She'd be pregnant. Yeah. He'd come home to a new baby, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's the only reason to return is to get her pregnant and then leave. It felt like that, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. And the last time he left... You know, they get it on the night before he leaves and, yeah. She's like, he's just trying to get me pregnant before he goes. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Now, if people don't know the story of James Cook, he does die while he's out exploring. Yeah, in, in Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, I think it was Hawaii. Yeah. And it was on Valentine's Day. Yes. And... Yeah, the locals, I guess he pissed them off a bit Made too a much. Made a meal out of him. Yeah. I don't I don't think they ate him. No. But they did chop they, him up into bits and spread him across the islands, and then yeah. they had to retrieve all the body parts. So. <laughs> yeah. So, a sad ending yeah. for him. There was cannibalism, wasn't there? Or just was that what, how so. they thought, perceived them, because they kept chopping up all these people? Did they perceive them as being cannibals, even though they weren't? I'm not 100%. Or am I misreading that? I'm not 100% sure. They didn't eat him. No, no, but the crew were scared that they were cannibals because mm. people get kept getting chopped up. As Yeah, but I think often um, yeah. when we fear the unknown, we jump to conclusions about cannibalism. Mm. 
because people said that about yeah. Aboriginal people, which I don't think is true. Yeah, I think it's just they don't understand their culture, so they make up mm. what they believe. Yeah. Yeah. When really they're just trying to protect their own land. Mm. So the story does touch on the colonialism slightly. <laughs> uh, obviously, it's not from the point of view of the explorer. So, yeah, um, James will come home sometimes, and he'll like he's out there. He's like trying to like spread these seeds. He wants to grow these f- trees because what are the like to give the locals something to eat? Like I'm pretty sure they're eating. Yeah. As it is, like, they have things to eat on these islands. They just don't know what um, they are. So, you know, there's a whole saviour complex that he's out there. He's going to save all these people from themselves. But didn't they have a botanist as well they on had a board botanist, yeah. to get some of their plants yeah. that try, try and he but... And James grew them in his own garden as yeah. well. And that's something Elizabeth had to tend to while he was away. She had mm. to, like, grow these plants he had brought back. I think one of her sons understood about the colonialism. Mm-hmm. And there were times where I feel like James kind of knew that he was doing a bad thing, but mm. didn't quite grasp it fully. Yeah. I guess they just weren't thinking about... the way, obviously, they don't think the way we think. Yeah. Like, colonialism is hard enough to deconstruct now. Yeah. And it's. 250 years later. Yeah, they thought they were just growing their kingdom. Yeah. So, I like I had hoped they would be more insightful, but I guess... No. Yeah. But there was moments there, it's like, oh, you're so close to yes. grasping what's going on, but not quite there. Yeah. But I think Elizabeth had a fairly sad life. It was tragic. Like, And we were talking about, like, James went away for three years, he came back, and he said that was going to be his last trip, but then went again. Yeah. He was told to go again. Well, kind of told. Yeah. I Uh, think he wanted to go as well. He wanted to go, and and there is a scene where she confronts one of the guys that asked him to go, where she's like, you knew he wanted to go, and you manipulated him into accepting, uh, even though you knew I needed him to stay. But, you know, he was a man of the sea. I don't. And anyway, he was like, oh, I'm just going to go for half the trip and then I'm going to come back and let someone else will be in charge. Yeah. And then he like, there's like, a le- I don't know how accurate this letter is. Like, if, is that no. a real letter? I don't know. Where I... He's like, st- he's like, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. And then he's like, actually, I'm not coming back. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to finish this tour mm. and then I'll come back. And he doesn't. Yeah. He dies. Yes. But... That the concept of being apart for three years from your spouse yeah, is something I can't imagine because you're not going to go sailing for three <laughs> years. <laughs> like, but somebody I know through work, she went over to Hong Kong. Like, she's from Hong Kong and she visited just before... The pandemic. Yeah, before lockdown. Yeah. So, the pandemic had started um, and she went over to visit her family and she it she's got back in the last few weeks. So she was away from her husband for two years, mm. which wasn't planned. So, like, people are enduring these, like, people, you know, who are away for the in the army. Yeah. Pandemic, obviously. Refugees. 
Mm. Like there was a refugee in our church. I haven't heard from him in a while, but he and his wife had been apart for five years. They tried to come over together. The people smugglers didn't have enough. Like yeah. They said, actually, we're going to charge you twice what we said originally. So only one of them could come. And I think that knowing that we aren't going anywhere away from each other for a long period of time is such a privilege that we take for granted. It is. Mm. But then you've also got the children. Yes. Yeah. But I don't want to give away the whole story. No. <laughs> but, you know, I did say often she was pregnant when he left and he would come home expecting a child. Yeah. And often that child had died. Mm. He, she had several not survive infancy. She had mm. one die as a young child. One died as a teenager. I'm now giving away. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you look at a Wikipedia... Yeah, you can you... read it all on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Although, um, you don't get the story. She survives her husband and all her children. Yeah. Yeah. And she lived to, like... In her 90s, I think. I think it was her 90s, yeah. Yeah. And <sighs> she married so young. Yeah. And he was older than her. Yeah, so I think... I, I can't remember. She must have been in her 30s or something mm. when he died. I can't Probably. remember the exact time. Yeah. But there was a lot of life afterwards. Yeah. Mm. It's uh, yeah, unimaginable. Yeah. And I guess maybe in that era, lots of people were losing their children. Yeah, but there were so many to know. lose. Like, it felt like... It, He'd go away and come back to this tragedy every yeah. time. Yeah. And there's a set, like, she like she would write, what did she call it, the home log? So he would write his ship log and she would write a home log so he could read about what had happened while he was gone. And then she got bored of writing. Yeah. I mean, she had to share this huge tragedy of losing their child. Yeah. And then there was, like, a, a scene, do we call them scenes? Where he said that, you know, he got to... Australia and everybody had lived and it was really unusual for crew not to have died on the way. And, yeah. And then on the way home, he lost like most of the crew, mm. almost home. And then some disease went through the ship and he lost so many and, and he like compared, you know, like these things are out of our control. Yeah. And yeah, really, really I- tragic. It made for a good novel. Yeah. Even though it is real life or mm. based on real life. Yeah. The made up thing is probably the relationship with she the older had man. With um Hugh Palliser. Yeah. I like that right at the end of the book she talks about the things she added into the story to make it a novel. Mm. Yeah. I think that like if she used in real life taking those bits that you fictionalize and mm-hmm. say this is fictionalized because I thought it would make for an interesting story. Yeah. I think that more authors should do that if they're basing it off real Yeah. And I think like when Anna was writing this novel, she was in touch with other Cook scholars. Yeah. And she there's I don't know if it was in the back of the book or if it was in the article we read where she says to this other scholar Oh, Elizabeth and Hugh are having an affair. (laughs) And they were like, what? (laughs) There wasn't even an affair. Yeah. It was a brief 
entanglement. There was it was very chaste. Yeah. Like she kissed his hand. That's it. That's <laughs> she it cried on him. Yeah. Um, but the chemistry <laughs> was like incredible. Like I was just like, yes, I want these two to hook up <laughs> because it was just so palpable. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what else she's written, but if she's written some yeah. romance stories, I might have to check them out <laughs> because I was like shipping them. Ah, uh, ship. <laughs> You can edit that out No, I'm leaving that in So people could hear how terrible your jokes are Uh, Yes (laughs) So uh, Hugh is like uh, a colleague of James's And he was injured in another war And Hmm. uh, he couldn't go back to sea And he looks after hospitals Was it the independent war? War War of independence in America Yeah, I think so Yes, why would he be at the Civil War? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. And he, like, had a injury in his groin. Yeah. And he was impotent. I so believe so, yeah. He, so, after James dies, she's like, oh, well, there's nothing stopping us from hooking up now. And he's like, oh, sorry. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to happen. No, I'm not going to give away those spoilers. Which ones? The ones later in the book about him. Okay. I'll tell you after this. You're going to tell me. I read yeah. the book already. Yeah. But uh, just in case you forgot what I'm talking about. Okay. But do you want to talk about how Anna got really into James Cook? Because it seems strange that a Dutch woman would write. Yeah. I was curious about it. I did wonder because... You know, there were Dutch explorers, and yeah. then I was like, maybe it's just a whole explorer thing. Like, like, yeah, anyway, but I read that she was on holidays in England, she yeah. went to where Cook was born. Yes. And that's and sparked just this interest in her. became fascinated with his yeah. life. And then she just researched him, and she wanted to write a book about him, and then eventually settled on writing a book about Elizabeth. So, and I really appreciated that point of view. Yes. Yeah. Because I think too many people talk about these explorers, but what about the woman at mm. home that's yeah. running everything and making sure the kids are looked after and yeah. that's going right. through all her tragedies? And also, like, she's not a, probably not acknowledged for all the editing she did on his logs yeah. because they were published as books. Yes. And she helped him go through all that. and Yeah, tidy them up. Yeah. yeah. And, I, I mean, is that real? I don't know. Probably. Uh, I would assume she did a lot of that Mm. stuff for him. Yeah, and I feel like she was like a vital part of his legacy and protecting that and ensuring that this story of James Cook continued. But if you look at her Wikipedia article, it doesn't say much about her at all. No. It's like she's the wife of James Cook is pretty much all they care about. Yeah, that's right. But then... Uh, I think a lot of what women do achieve isn't considered noteworthy. So it said like she like started a school for kids of sailors and yeah, you know I think she supported a lot of other women who probably lost their husbands in similar ways. Yeah, and like James Cook just wanted all his sons to be explorers, and she would mm. encourage the ones that weren't interested in other directions. Yeah, and he said it was. Out of the question that they could be anything else. Yeah. This is their legacy. This yeah. is what they have to do. Mm. And one of the things I read uh, 
in that interview with Anna Anquist was when she went to where he was born and it's like a place on the sea and the only way to escape it would be through the sea and that's probably what sparked in James Cook his interest in sailing. Yeah. So it was interesting. So maybe he was like trying to create that freedom for his children. He's like, that's how I got to where I am. Yeah. And, you know, he, you know, it does mention in the book that he couldn't be a captain because he wasn't of... Well born. Yeah. And he does become captain. Like he overcomes all those obstacles. Yeah. And he does achieve that. So I think that isn't an impressive story. Yeah. But I'm glad it's from Elizabeth's Oh, yeah. I don't think I would have read it (laughs) if it wasn't. Yeah. Even though you... Well, even though James Cook has a big part of our community. I'm just not interested in reading books about men. (laughs) <laughs> uh, that's just me. Um, so well, I feel I feel like I did learn more about Cook through this because I only I knew that he died in Hawaii. Yeah, I didn't know all that detail about his body being cut up and spread over the islands and then having to retrieve it and all the conflict leading up to that because he was considered a god on the original trip to Hawaii. Yeah, and then he came back and then all this tension yeah. happened and. You know, people were stealing from the ship and then he would, like, kidnap people from the village and hold them ransom until he got what he wanted back. And... Yeah. Mm. It was very messy. <clears throat> yeah. Well, it is Women in Translation Month, so... Now? Yeah. At is the time August? of... It's July. Okay. Is At... July Women in Translation Month or August? August. At the time of this podcast being released, it is Women okay. in Translation Month. Okay. And that's why I waited for this book to be yes. uh, put up as an episode because I wanted to make sure we highlighted A Woman yes. in Translation and thanks to the publisher for sending us copies of the yes. book. Who was it from? It's from Amazon Crossing. Yeah. Yes. Katie was the person that sent us the okay. information and she is one of the publicists. Thanks, Katie. We enjoyed it. So, I hope you enjoy listening to us talk about it. Yeah, I definitely recommend picking it up if you're interested in like learning a bit more about James mm. Cook and his family and, yeah. and Elizabeth Cook's life. But because it is Women in Translation Month, do you have any Women in Translation books planned? I'm going to read Disoriental. Disoriental is a great book. By? Naga Javadi, translated by Tina Kova. It's, it's been out for a few years. It's a great book. It's probably one of my favourites. And it's been on my list of things to do for a long, long time. Yeah. Everybody I, raves about it. <laughs> and we haven't done a podcast episode about it. I'm so really surprised because we talk about chance. it all the time. Yeah, now's our chance to rectify okay, that. Okay, we'll rectify it. Yes. Yes. What are you going to be reading? I have no idea. <laughs> oh. Do you, Are you going to read those books from that new publishing company that you did in last month's episode? Three Rebel... Press? Three Rebel Press. I really want to read them. Yeah. And if I get a copy of those books, I'm going to be reading them. She emailed them to you. Yes, I don't read emails. <laughs> I, I'm terrible at e-books. I definitely don't pick up ebooks as much as I would like because 
I just feel like a physical book is easier yes. to manage. But you do have a copy. Although ebooks are so much more accessible, I should mm. make more of an effort to try and read those. Yeah. So anyway, you can listen to the last episode if you want to know more about yeah. that. I think that would mention those books. Yes, they are talked about and I'm excited to get to them. Mm. Unfortunately, my side of the conversation wasn't great, but I think everything else was worth, definitely worth checking out. Okay. But as for me, for what I'm planning to read, I have so many books I want to read. Yeah, but you I, don't want to talk about any of them? I'm just... Checking the library, see which ones I have. But I feel like there'd be heaps of um, stuff out there for if people are interested. Ooh. Um, who is the person, the woman in translation woman? Yes, Mato Redziski has created Women in Translation Month as a reading month to read more women in translation, obviously. And she does a lot of work promoting women in translation, so I definitely recommend following read WIT, mm-hmm. read underscore WIT on Twitter. I believe they're on Instagram as well. Okay. Or you could go to womenintranslation.org, which is an amazing resource that she's created. And... I'll give you lots of recommendations of books to try and books that are coming out mm. and or help you find what type of book you're looking for because mm. there's so much worth checking out. Yes. It's so exciting. Yeah. To know all these books. It's I've got too many on my list. Yeah, I've got too many on my list too, and that's a problem mm. is which one to read first or which ones I'm gonna read for women in translation mode. Yeah. I wish I was more organised in my reading. Mm. Maybe we'll talk about the books we read for translation, Women in Translation Month in the next episode. Yes, definitely. We should do a Women in Translation wrap-up yes. episode for... And then maybe people can like tell us what they've read and yes. send us like a, a voice recording or something of what they read yeah. and we can put it in. Uh, is our email in the show notes? Our email is in the show notes. So we've they tried could, this once before. They could, e- they could send us some emails. and uh, Or you can just send us an email with words. Yeah. But if you do it in your own voice, we can put it in. Yeah. And then that saves us having to use our voices. Because that would be more interesting. Yeah, <laughs> rather than us droning on. So thank you for being on another episode. Thanks for having me. And... You'll be back soon to talk about Disoriental. Yes, that's right. So that's one to look forward to. Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited. Yes, yeah, so am I. Interested, because we've got the audiobook to listen to while we drive, mm. I'm going to be curious to see what I pick up in the reread that I didn't get from the words the first time. Mm. Should be interesting. Yes. All right, and... We'll talk to you in that episode. Okay, then. Talk to me then. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye. If you want to support Lost in Translations, please go to patreon.com forward slash translations pod and all money there will help support the show. And please remember to subscribe. And while subscribing, please rate the show. This will help others find the podcast. 
all our links to social media are in the show notes and you can find us on twitter instagram facebook and let's see under translations pod thank you for listening this podcast was recorded on the lands of the Walgarooka and Bindal people. We acknowledge their ownership of this land and all the traditional owners in Australia and acknowledge their care of the land. This is a Macaulay Flower production. <laughs>